Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are going to overtime! Far be it from me to quote Stephen Wilson Jr., but maybe, just maybe, we ain't finished. Maybe this is just the beginning. Who had the bigger win this weekend, Marty? Sabres, Bandits, or Bills? I'm going to say the Bills. That's why I got not my Bills stuff on. Not true. They why? could have not won this weekend and oh, still clinched. Fine, yes. See? See? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I winning the division, in. winning the, con- the second in the conference. Like, yeah, that's big. But again, maybe we ain't finished, right? It was six and six, and all of a sudden they win five in a row. And I'm like, okay, like getting on a little bit of a streak at the right time, going streaking yep. at the right time is so important. So Sabres haven't gone streaking yet this year. Well, maybe, maybe it's time to get her done now. Yes. And when you look at the opponent that is next, the one that starts this six-game homestand, Seattle actually bottomed out at six games below 500 Mm -hmm. before going on their 10-game point streak. The Sabres never sunk to those depths this year. And here they are trying to build their own streak. And honestly... Maybe this is the perfect matchup to start the homestand. Like you're literally taking on one of the hottest teams in the NHL, one that you've never beaten before, and uh, and one that you could probably learn a thing or two from, despite their relative infancy still in today's NHL. One that is getting great goaltending by somebody you wouldn't expect him to be. Joey Decord, right, is getting them uh, exactly what they need. Now we could see what happens. The Sabres got great goaltending by Levi in Montreal, by UPL. Uh, that's what you want, right? That That's the kind of uh, performances that you need from your goaltenders. But it's not just about goaltending. It's about how you, you you're able to come through at the right times and, and, you know, two power play goals against the Canadians. The power play hasn't been working all year, but you needed yeah. big power play goals, big video review calls, three of them in wow. two games. Like that's huge, obviously. Almost unheard of, right? Like we've not experienced that in our time together where we've had back to back games, multiple challenges that go positively. That has not happened in the time you and I have worked together. So much as somebody asked me on social media, what's the record for most successful wins, <laughs> like video review wins. And I'm like, I don't know. I would think that two in a game has happened many times. I don't know that three or more have happened, like not even Sabres wise. I'm thinking like league wise, yeah. um, but two, I think that's happened but it should be a more circulated active streak within the game notes like there are (laughs) league websites that keep track of coaches challenges but i think it it should be pronounced more in the game notes i i mean when when you think of all the stuff that we actually talk about compared to the actual stuff that is game changing and relevant yeah like this kind of stuff flips a game on its ear in a very, very small window of time. I would have said ears if it's just me, because I would have added nests on that one. It flipped the game on its ears. Uh, but yeah, no, it changes the di- the dynamic of a game. Being down one nothing to Montreal, maybe you don't overcome that. Maybe you lose, you know, the right. next, the, that game and the next one. And now all of a sudden you're three game losing streak with Ottawa. And then you're like, what is going on? Right. So um, yeah, it definitely changed things. And, and again, Big homestand here for the Buffalo Sabres. Six games at home over the next two weeks. They are, right now, as it stands, six points away from Mm -hmm. a playoff spot. The New Jersey Devils 
There's games at in hands and all of that. And there's many teams between the Sabres and the Devils in the second wildcard spot. But but that's not what you got to worry about. What you got to worry about is duplicating what you did against Montreal, what you get, did against Pittsburgh, and putting it on the ice against Seattle. And then again, you know, as you continue your homestand um, with Ottawa, Vancouver's going to be a tough out. Like there's going to be some really tough games. Chicago just had a big win yesterday. Mm -hmm. So it's next week, but still like it's, there's a lot of good teams coming into Buffalo over the next two weeks. Well, for sure. And when, when you now look at where the Sabres are at, you mentioned the six point gap. There are seven teams in that uh, window between the devils or including the devils and the Sabres there. So I think what I realized Uh, or was reminded of uh, over the last couple of days was if you just look at what it is and don't give any thought to how you got to this point, I think it looks far less daunting. It's six points over more than half a season. Like, honestly, big whoop. Yeah. But because of the meandering path and that might be a positive word that they've taken to get to this point too many people can't let go of some of the tough games right just look at what it is it's six points it's not that much it's not that much in the big picture if we were six points out of a playoff spots with Eight games to play. We'd say we still have a chance. Like six points could be made Which is probably pretty close to what they were last year in early March when people started saying the season was over. And then they lost only two in regulation in the last 12. Yeah. Exactly. It just flipped around and then you're there. But you do have, you know, 30, uh, no, 42 games now, right? Right. That's what it Mm -hmm. is. So 42 games left. And yeah, making up six points now, especially when you think of, the way that the first 40 games went only yeah. twice. Did you have consecutive wins in the first 40 games? Like, come on now. Like I would, I would venture a guess that the Sabres will be able to do that more than twice in the next 42. So even if you do it one more time, that's two points more than you did in the first half. So you're four <laughs> points away. Right. And I yeah, know yeah. Yeah. that it hasn't been good for a lot of teams ahead of the Sabres, you know, mm-hmm. like Pittsburgh, Tampa, you know, Detroit, there's been some up and down, but I feel mm. like the Sabres have had more downs than up. So if they can yes. flip that and have more ups and down, then you're you're in a much different place when we talk about March 1st. Let's see. Let's just look at the next month and a half and say, where could you be at March 1st, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we look at the end of the season, it's still a long ways away. But how do you set yourself up in the next five to six weeks mm-hmm. to be in March 1st and be in a better position? Yeah. Like, do you literally cut that gap in half? And it's three points when March begins. If you begins. do, like, no, how no, like, different no, no, is that? Nobody's, nobody's panicking on March 1st. Well, maybe some. But if they're three points out on March 1st, I think people generally sign up for that, right? It's like the golfer that says, I'm 72nd right now, but I'm three yeah. points. I'm three strokes off the lead. All mm-hmm. he's thinking about is, I got to make up three strokes. Sabres you do are you. Like, you do you, exactly. You worry about yourself, right? And if the guys in front of you go on a tear and all of a sudden you can't catch them because they were that good, so what? You can't. Now you're going to blame the first half of the season and say we were not good in the first half. But that's unlikely to happen. The teams that are in front of you, and I get, right, the Devils should be starting to ramp up a little bit, which they have. Uh, You know, the the Capitals somehow still win a little bit. But 
Tampa, Pittsburgh, they're struggling. There's some struggles happening, and you can definitely make your way up. Okay, rapid fire on some of the reasons why the Sabres may be going in the right yeah. direction here. Goaltending, what's your view right now of the, uh, well, I was going to say one word to describe the current state of Buffalo's goaltending? Competition. I think that's yeah. that's really good. Like, they're going to be an internal competition. Two young guys that want to play more, that want to push each other. But I do feel that it's better to have two that push each other than three where you don't know where you are. Are you even going to dress? Are you even going to play? What's your next opportunity to play? So yeah. two is the number and the competition part is big. Okay. So both obviously are coming off of first star performances as they head into this uh, homestand uh, for UPL. We can say with a certain degree of certainty that for three times now in his career, he's had 40-plus saves in a game. Uh, this was the first time, however, where he did so while only allowing one goal. So arguably, the best game of Uko Pekalukanen's career. Those things yes. can be debated. The fact of the matter is, it was a W. Levi has never played Seattle. Obviously, the expectation would be he would get the Kraken and the homestand would continue from there. What else? Which may be saw? the best part to go because the Sabres have never beat the Seattle Kraken. All, so all, change also it up. might be a silver lining. Yes, I like yes. the way we're going here. Now, the D pairs were different. It's a very, very, very yes. small sample size with only the two games to speak of, of which both were wins. What is your takeaway from the current restructuring of this group of six, which has seen Ryan Johnson not play the last two? Okay, so first of all, the biggest thing is Owen Power being on what is a third pair with Eric right. Johnson. So, but let's park that. We'll address it in just a little bit. But that's the first thing, right? You can't look at your defense pairing and not see Owen Power is not in your top four, which was always look at the top four. Dalene, Samuelson, Power, who knows who else is in there? Is it Clifton? Is it Yoki Aryu? I think Henry's played fantastic with Rasmus Dalin. And then to me, like I really have liked seeing Henry Yoki Aryu with Dalin the last couple of games. And maybe the results uh speak more to the positive because of uh of the two wins. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like since training camp, we've we sensed that Henry had a a confidence about him and an edge about him and, and played well. Now it was a numbers game and he's missed some time and healthy scratch sometimes, but I think he's really good. And Clifton, which it was well-documented that played the left side with Eric Johnson at the start of the season. It wasn't a good start of the season by Connor Clifton. And then when Eric Johnson suggested, let's switch, right? Let's put Clifton to his natural right side. It got better. And now he's playing the right side with Matthias Samuelson, which has helped him to play in a different role, in a top four role, but from the right side, he's more comfortable. And that mm. allows every D pair to have lefty-righty. Left, right, left, right, left, right, all the way down, which I think is a is a plus. Like, I know some coaches are going to say, ah, it doesn't really matter, the interchange, but I think it's a plus when you think about breakouts, when you think about joining the rush, when you think about plays at the blue lines. I think it has been a plus for the Sabres in the last two games. Well... So you wanted to focus on power. Let me just yes. say this. The the season numbers for Dalene and Yoki Haru are interesting. The underlying, you know, shot attempts, expected goals for are very good. But the actual reality is, is they've been on for way more goals against than they have goals for, which might mm -hmm. surprise you. The opposite is true for the small sample size, 62 total minutes that they played together this year, Samuelson and Clifton. They're only at about 39% as far as, you know, um, scoring chances for, 
but they've scored five and they've only allowed three. And then, of course, you get to Owen Power, who's playing with Eric Johnson. And I think that's not a pairing anybody would have anticipated almost at any time when the season began. But now we're, and obviously the numbers are so small with the two of them here, it's less about the two, but more about the one, which is Owen Power, who last year was 20th in the league in time on ice in his rookie year. Mm -hmm. That's a very, very, very high number. This year, he's 50th in time on ice, and we have just witnessed the first three-game stretch of his career where he's been below 20 each night. In fact, he's been below 19 in all three of the last three. So what does one make about that, given that we have had documented discussions on the ups and downs for power this year? He also has only four points in the last 18 games, but I have a feeling you're going to say there's more ways to measure Owen Power right now, and maybe this is maybe this is just a bridge back to where they need him to be. How do you view all well, this? Well, I'm looking at it a little bit different. I don't think it's a bridge back to where he needs to be. I think it's a bridge back to the Sabres having a top six that they can utilize a little bit more. Number one, Owen Power has not had a good season with the eye test like the numbers may tell you it's not super bad five on five right because last year owen power five on five was on the ice for 88 goals for and 71 goals against that's a plus 17 that's a big number but that's a plus 17 this year was the 88 the most on the team i don't know that often it'd be pretty close as we talked about owen tends to be high end in both in both yes but anytime you're to the good i mean seems to me like it's something you should live with right and and look is expected expected goals were supposed to be a minus three so it's not bad it's about 50 percent, right but mm-hmm. they are overproduced they they outproduce their expectations so 88 to 71 plus 17 this year in half the games right 79 games last year 40 games this year he's a plus nine 40 to 31 i'm thinking mm-hmm. the numbers don't make sense because i'm like He's not, he's nowhere near where he was last year to my eye test, but he's on pace to be plus 18 at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. He was plus 17 last year and he had a great season. So that's one thing that the eye test and the numbers don't really match up. But often you got to also look at the numbers and say, hey, this is not as bad as it can or should be. Let's just be patient. So, number one, he's playing less time, can really kind of focus on his game. Number two, I think playing with Eric Johnson is going to be really, really huge for Owen Power because Eric Johnson's a former number one overall pick, a guy that has to had to have battled where he was going to be in his career. Like a number one overall pick is is you look over the years, it's it's Connor McDavid, it's Austin Matthews, it's you know, even Rasmus Dalin to a certain extent. Power's got to compare himself to Dalin. You're not Rasmus Dalin. You're different. Right, play a different type of game. Play what's best for you. Um, mm-hmm. So playing with Eric Johnson, I think, is going to help that. But most importantly, Power has had some some tough games this year. We go back right. to the Columbus game where he was on the ice for five goals against at even strength. We go back to um, the Pittsburgh game, uh, no, the Philly game earlier in the year where he was on for five goals against at even strength. But how do you respond from that? Now, people would may, maybe would not know that, but in the last seven games, actually in the last six games, no, seven, sorry, my bad. I've got to make my math. In the last seven games, the, since the Columbus game, he's only been on the ice one goal against at five on five. Only once. 
right? So you're looking at say, oh, it's not been great for Owen Power. Create so many turnovers. You know, there's times where you wonder, where are you going on the ice? But look, it's the process. He's going to work through that. But he's only been on the ice for one goal against that five on five since the five that he was on against Columbus. Could this be the working towards a new commercial? The Sabres, Owen Power, and his Johnson. And I say this because <laughs> it might not be Power and Eric Johnson. It might be Power and Ryan Johnson and a rotation of Johnsons with Power as this season moves forward. We don't know how much Eric is going to play. They have yep. drawn him back a couple of times. And the underlying numbers in more minutes played this year when Power has played with Ryan are pretty good. So I don't think there's a fear. Like if, you, if you're working to get Ryan back in at some point and you're loving the other two pairs, I don't think you have to be concerned with Owen playing with Ryan. I, I am not concerned with uh, Owen playing with Ryan. I think, but again, if Owen is playing with Ryan or if Owen is playing with Eric, um, these two are Johnsons, um, then it, it means that you're playing lesser minutes. You're playing right. more in a role situation, and that's fine. Owen Powers in his second full NHL season. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I, who is the, and I, I know this guy was a second overall pick, but I always look at, look at Victor Hedman as a barometer of a guy that was drafted second overall buying John Tavares, but it took a few years, right. Mm -hmm. For Victor Hedman to get going Tampa, it took a few years for them to get going. It didn't take until year five for um, Victor Hedman to have a positive shot uh, a 10 percentage in his career, a positive, you know, a, a, a big difference between goals against and goals for like mm -hmm. in year five, he was a plus eight in year six, he was a plus 17 in year seven. He was a plus 23. Like it took him four years to really get himself going before he achieved where you thought he was going to be in year five. Owen power may be that guy right now. That's going to take a little longer to get to that, Point. But once he gets there, you're going to have that consistent player, the guy that can do it all, some offense, some defense, some special teams, some physicality. Like, let's, I, I get, I'm the first one sometimes that I look at Owen Power and say, man, what are you doing out there? The eye test will tell you this, but it's all part of the process and the, mm -hmm. the, the, the growing, right? Make some mistakes so you can learn from them. Right now he's making mistakes. Hopefully he's learning from them. This, that, or the other, which D pair are you using? to preserve a game in the late minutes? At this moment, mm, I would have to say Dallin and, and Yoki are you, but I want to lean into Samuelson and Clifton a little bit more okay. of late, but mm -hmm. I think I'm still going with Dallin right now. Okay. How about this one? Who needs a hug? Are there sabers right now that you really want to wrap your arms around? Yes. One JJ Paterka. <laughs> I would put my hands around JJ and say, it's going to be all right, man. I know that Germany had a tough time at the world juniors and they had a big win and then didn't follow through, but, but they didn't get you know, relegated. They so. didn't get relegated. And it's not about, you know, the juniors anymore. It's about you. You've had chances. You, you've not been able to finish, but I'm going to put my arms around you and give you a hug because it's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Who else? Who do you want to give a hug to? Um, probably Zach Benson. Yeah, but, but that's probably because I'm older than his father, you know, <laughs> so it's an even more natural thing to do. Um, 
But no, I just, I just want to make sure, and I don't have any actual worries about this, um, but it would be ridiculous not to ever think about it in a player's first season, but I don't want him to be deterred by the lack of actual goals and assists right now. I think, again, if this is just the beginning here with the Sabres stringing together a couple of wins in a row, I have no doubt that it will be a community effort <laughs> throughout that roster. Yeah. To start piling up more and more wins. So, would I, you have I, been disappointed with thirty-five points by Zach Benson over the full length of the season? You mean like the pace that he was technically on? Yeah, or he's on now. He's got fourteen points in, I mean. in yeah. thirty, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if he gets to thirty-five points this year, thirty points this year, I'm like, good. Like, it's, it's an eighteen-year-old. It's it's free money right now. It's one of those things, though, that. Either you take it now without knowing how you got here or you analyze a lot of what you yeah. have already seen. And in that sense, I would say that Benson's numbers could be even higher yeah. because he's done such amazing things sometimes in game. You're like, oh, can't believe he didn't score there. Right. So anyway, I think Zach's fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, it's I, you know who else I need to give a hug to right now. Is the, well, the video uh, the coaches? Sched- well, video coaches, <laughs> yes, but the NHL schedule makers that okay. are given the Sabres this six game homestand after you know going two and oh at the start of 2024. So, I'm mm-hmm. looking at this as look, I don't know about you, Duffer. I know we talk about the two for one for the rest of the season to be able to get to 94 points, right? You got to win two for your every one loss along the way. We call and that get- two out of three. Two out of three, yeah. Okay, that's a, that's the better way to put it. Yes, thank you. Um, and I'm looking at look at minimum over the next six games. It's yes. four and two, four and two over the next six home game, right? And if you do that, that's that's basically a six and two start to the month of January, right? Mm-hmm. If you go four and two, if you go four and one, four one and one, you're looking at a six one and one start to January. That's that's good. That's that's the direction you got to go. But having those two weeks at home, a little bit more practice time, a healthier lineup, a couple of sickness in the locker room, but still a healthier lineup. Mm-hmm. I think this this could be the, the the jump start, right? The next six games to say, hey, this is make or break it for your season right here because you, you can really set yourself up. Well, thank you for stealing the fill in the blank that I was about to offer you as per we the, number, each other stuff all the, the number time. of games that they need to win on this homestand. When you're serious about the game, bet on <laughs> Buffalo with the only sports books in Western New York, Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters. They are open daily, of course, self-service betting kiosks available 24-7 at all three locations at Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny or Buffalo Creek. The sports lounge features the latest lines, multiple screens, so you never miss a play. The sportsbook at Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. All right. Sorry, I didn't cheat. I didn't look at your sheet. I can't, I have no way of knowing what you wrote down. We just think alike often. So what am I thinking now? Um, you're thinking who starts in net against the Seattle Kraken. We talked no. about that. How many? How, do you continue the split between the goaltenders for the We've six? We talked games? about that. I think we're fine. Do you with continue every- the split? Of course you do. Yeah. I, I always think that maybe you got to go sometimes when, when you want to use both goalies, you can go two, two, mm-hmm. and then one, one, right? Like maybe you go one, one, two, and two, like just give somebody a chance to, to play two in a row, maybe at some point. Yeah. Um, I actually don't have very much else saber related. So uh, unless there's something that was really maddeningly annoying that you need to get off your chest, uh, we can either 
we can either dance around the NHL for a second, or we can bid adieu until our regular appearance daily on MSG and WGR. Quickly dancing around the NHL for a mm. second. Um, I saw that Trevor Zegers had a couple of goals on Sunday, which uh, brought his total up to four, I believe, for the season. So I'm like, oh my goodness, four goals? That's like so low. But uh, yeah, I get it. it's not been a great season for Anaheim and the um, and Trevor Zegers. Also out west, a team we're going to see twice before the end of the month, San Jose Sharks Duffer. Started the season 0-10-1, mm. then went on a 9-7-2 run, and now are 0-11 in the last 11 games. Like, that's three like different seasons all put into one right now. What about your boy Martin Jones with a near perfect sweep for the Leafs of California? Again, that's the unicorn. He played he on played back, them all. bad games. He played all of them over there. Just who says that you can't do it, right? Who says yeah. that? Like Martin Jones is like, play me. I'm ready to go. Um, I think that should be um, more the norm around the league. But yeah, I mean, the Leafs are the Leafs. They they won in California. They signed Nylander. Um, you know, they're doing Leafs things right now. They're winning with their third goaltender mm -hmm. and they are signed yet another player to 11 plus million dollars for eight years, which uh, will put them in a tough spot. Nah, the cap's going up. They'll be fine. Is yeah, Winnipeg, and they lose the virus after a year. So yeah. Is Winnipeg Canada's best option for hoisting the Stanley Cup? I don't want to talk about the Jets anymore because I usually uh, jinx them. And uh, But yes, the Jets have now gone 29 games without giving up more than three goals in a game. Mm -hmm. um, they win with you know defense, and then that turns into offense. They went into Arizona, and they kept it close, and all of a sudden it opens up the floodgates, which I hope you have a uh, Winnipeg Jets floodgates bracelet. Never. because Only uh, Buffalo, <laughs> baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they... Uh, yeah, they're the best uh, best chance Canada's got, I think, right now. I would like to see Vancouver, but I think Winnipeg is is better rounded. You're forgetting Edmonton, who's on the longest Canadian win streak right now. Oh. Yes, um, and Zach Hyman is on Fuego. Boy, right great, 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 great projection. Uh, almost foreshadowing on your point, because we were talking in-game the last two nights about that yeah. net front presence being parked right in the crease. And, you know, a couple of years ago, and consistently, but like Marshawn and Crosby find themselves there, but you yes. were like, no, well, not no, but you were like Zach Hyman, Zach Hyman, Zach Hyman. And then yeah. like you, you watch him go off and you watch how they're set up and you just like kind of the excuse me goals that he gets sometimes. It is pretty amazing how, how good I don't, I'm not surprised. I know you didn't, you didn't love it when Edmonton um, signed him to the extent that I loved it. I thought it would be a perfect fit and it, I think it has been. So. It has been, it has worked, but uh, you know, it's one of those things where you say Austin Matthews, Nikita Kucherov or Timmy Panarin. Now I jumped over Sam Reinhardt because he's having an unbelievable year, but we know yeah. he has that scoring ability. And then it's Zach Hyman. You're like, one doesn't fit the mold. Like Zach Hyman is, is not the goal scorers that the other four are right. Mm -hmm. But he's putting the puck in the back of the net because he is a perfect fit for what McDavid or Dreisaitl will want him to be on the power play and five on five too. It's not just the power play. Okay. I'll give you the Edmonton Oilers. I think that, uh, you know, what happened at the start of the season, mm -hmm. their goaltending woes, their 
defensive deficiencies. Let's just put mm. it this way. They flipped it. They they Chris Knobloch came in and basically said, let's just score. Let's just score goals, right? Let's not put pressure on our goalie. But Skinner's been obviously a lot. He's better. been good, but I think there's less pressure on him because the games are not 2-2, two, 1-1, two, one, one, and then he needs to make a big save. It's like they scored. They, he knows he's going to get offensive support from uh, from the players. Yeah, I think he always had it. He never played many low-scoring games earlier. He just gave up six goals instead of giving up <laughs> There three. were a lot of them. It just dawned on me that perhaps a future Stanley Cup this year could be Winnipeg versus Florida. Can you imagine the Paul Maurice return? Yeah. And what if he didn't win and the Jets hoisted the cup in front of him? And in consecutive years, he loses in the final. That would be something. But I'm telling you this only because I think Florida is back and then some. From where they were a year ago, I think they are incredibly deep and they may emerge as the best team in the East. Are they the best team right now winning seven in a row? I know that the Oilers have won seven in a row, but um, I look at Florida and and like what Sam Ryan Art's doing. Chuck's just, just getting warmed up, man, and they've won seven in exactly. a row. Exactly. Like, like it's just... Look, uh, you know, um, Barkov is... Like, Hagee, I, Rodriguez. I, like, I feel it's... like Barkov had a little bit of a down like year last year, maybe a little bit and the impact that he can bring to the game. Um, obviously that team performed well down the stretch and in the playoffs, but I'm seeing a Barkov that is like, Hey, I can produce offensively as well. Like it's not just mm -hmm. about the uh, being a good defensive forward and, and yeah, Florida's really rolling and um, different, different leaders in, in the sunshine state, Florida's rolling and Tampa is uh, going the other direction right now. A little well, bit they have challenges for sure. All right. Thank you. Uh, here's to a, uh, an at least five and one homestand to come. We'll see you soon.